Welcome to Just Add Sprinkles, The Stories, a podcast by City Mom Collective, where we talk to moms about their authentic stories. We share stories because we believe that stories heal. Stories empower. Stories connect us to one another and make us feel not so alone. In short, stories matter. Here's your host, Maria Hoy. Hello and welcome to this episode of Just Add Sprinkles, The Stories. I'm Maria, and I'll be talking today with Meg Sexton, who has a rare pregnancy condition called hyperemesis gradivarum. Now, in layman's terms, this is considered pregnant woman who pukes a lot. But as you'll discover, it is so much more than that. Please enjoy Just Add Sprinkles, The Stories, Pregnancy with Hyperemesis Gradivarum. Hello, Meg, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so happy to have you here. You're so welcome. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Yes. So today we are talking about pregnancy and specifically being diagnosed with hyperemesis. And, um, you know, as I was preparing for this episode, I did a little uh, Meg research. And (laughs) you um, wrote an article for Her View from Home talking about your experience with hyperemesis. And uh, one of the things I noticed that you said, which I thought was very interesting because it wasn't wasn't my experience um, because I, too, had hyperemesis, was that you this is your fifth pregnancy. And that is also pretty interesting for a lot of people, but that you did not experience hyperemesis with your first four pregnancies. So I want to kind of just talk about, you know, your experiences, like kind of um, how you knew that this fifth pregnancy was completely different and um, like where was your head at when you started experiencing these symptoms? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, like you said, I know, (laughs) mom of almost five, it's completely crazy. You would have told me that 10 years ago, and I would have looked at you like you were absolutely insane. Um, (laughs) But life happens, and uh, obviously we are so over the moon that we um, are going to be welcoming uh, our fifth and final baby uh, this spring. But yes, like you mentioned, I, unfortunately, this pregnancy has been extremely difficult um, and we can kind of get into what hyperemesis is as we, as we chat. But um, so I have four little boys, they are ages eight, six, four, and two. And uh, like you had mentioned, all of my prior pregnancies were uncomplicated, um, classified as healthy pregnancies, nothing out of the ordinary, uh, typical morning sickness, I'd say the fatigue, the nausea, but always dissipated by like 14 weeks. Pretty typical. Um, this pregnancy was extremely different from the very start. Um, we actually initially thought it was a chemical pregnancy and then, um, I was having just some some not so great symptoms. I was having some bleeding, cramping, and discomfort. And my doctor actually had me go to the ER because it was it all happened during um, Labor Day when these symptoms started. And um, 
they thought it was an ectopic pregnancy, which actually um, some of my family members have endured. So it wasn't, it wasn't Mm. really out of the blue that something like that might happen. Um, And so I was at the ER and it turned out the baby was healthy, had a strong heartbeat at five weeks. (laughs) So it was kind of like this little miracle uh, Mm -hmm. from the start. Um, and then by like week six, seven, I knew something was different. Um, I was puking, um, pretty much from sunup till sundown and just extremely miserable, um, to the degree that it was inhibiting my daily functioning. Right. And with Mm -hmm. four other children at home, that becomes quite the challenge, um, just carrying out day-to-day tasks and getting everyone to where they need to be and all that. So, um, by eight weeks, I officially got the diagnosis of hyperemesis and, um, you know, we, and we can get into this more. I just, I've, I've had a really difficult time, um, getting the treatment and the help that I've needed through this diagnosis and uh, being taken seriously that this isn't just morning sickness. So I was so grateful to come and chat with you as, as a fellow survivor of (laughs) of hyperemesis to be able to relate and and share our messages and hopefully raise some awareness along the way. So. Yes, hopefully raise some awareness and maybe some compassion. And um, for anyone who's, you know, maybe in one of our positions and they're trying to advocate for themselves, like having some more language that they can use when they go to their OB or their medical professional that they're talking to. So, you know, we're talking hyperemesis and, um, you know, it is considered, I guess, in layman's terms, you know, a pregnant woman who pukes a lot. Right. Mm -hmm, But I feel like it encompasses so much more than that. And I'm really curious because, um, I, I, I'm trying to remember when I actually got the diagnosis, I think I was really far along. Um, because, you know, no one believed me that I was sick, um, like, like really sick. So I'm actually like thankful that you were diagnosed at eight weeks, but can you tell me what did it take for you to even get your diagnosis? Because I feel like going to the doctor that early and saying, I'm throwing up, they're going to be like, yeah, well you do, you know, everyone is. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just morning sickness, you know? So explain that, how you were able to, to do that. Sure. Sure. Um, honestly, it was just a message through my chart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was diagnosed with mild hyperemesis gravidarum, and I had no idea what that meant. Um, I, you know, I, I've had the same OB for, um, well, three of the four of my prior pregnancies, and and she knows me pretty well. Um, I think she knew right off the bat that there something was wrong. Um, I uh, told her like it was, and I at that point. Um, I was probably vomiting. And like I said, mine at at eight weeks, they diagnosed as as mild. It is a spectrum disorder. So anything from mild to severe. (laughs) Um, At that point, I was probably vomiting about 20 20 or so times a day. Um, And 
I was losing weight. So I believe the, the, um, you know, kind of the diagnosis is if you lose 10% of your body weight or more within the, that first trimester. So, um, I was losing weight at that point. Um, so they, you know, they followed me pretty closely, uh, by weeks 12 through 16 were, um, extremely awful. Um, and by extremely awful, I was going to say, what is extremely awful? Because yeah, I feel like, right. you know, just like how we're talking and how you can go and say, oh, it was terrible. People are like, well, what does that mean? And same with your our doctor. They're just like, well, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, OK, to actually put that into mm-hmm. words. Right. And explain. And as women and as moms, I think <laughs> we're so immune to just saying, oh, I'm fine. It's mm-hmm. getting better. Things are OK. And um. Yeah, they're really not, right? Yeah, and I think so, in, I think in our minds, you know, we're like, well, we're not dead, so yeah. we're okay, right? <laughs> we're, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> There's like exactly. this extreme yeah. end of like, well, I didn't die, so I guess I'm fine. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And it's it's so sad to say, but um, yeah, so so those were weeks were my um, like lowest of low, I would say, mm-hmm. at least so far. I'm now I'm now almost 27 weeks, so I'm I'm hoping the the worst has passed, however, yes. from fellow people who have been through it, I've heard that's not a guarantee. Um, so, yeah, so at that point, I I mean, I can't quantify the exact amount of times I was puking, but it was just, it was all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime I was eating anything, it would be coming back up. Um, the fatigue, the nausea, uh, the dehydration from lack of um, any, anything staying down. Uh, so at that point, um, you know, I was, I was diagnosed with this hyperemesis, but what did that mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really, I didn't feel like anyone was proactively following up with me. However, I should have been also more communicative. Um, this is something I think hyperemesis patients perhaps struggle with is you're so sick and you're mm-hmm. so, um, like out of your mind yes. in, in terms of just being like a zombie, right? That um, communicating with your doctor, being on the phone, sending messages is the last thing you feel like doing. Like you just want someone to show up and help you. <laughs> so um, so I struggled with that. I, my husband, luckily, when he saw, you know, I was basically bedridden other than things I absolutely had to do. Like pick up the kids from school. Um, do, you know, I, I'm a freelance consultant, so projects that I had deadlines for, but I did it all from bed, you know, and I just, I was so sick that he was my advocate, right? So he finally called my treatment team and was like, listen, like (laughs) someone's got to help because this is not going to end well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so at that point, I started some, you know, I think, and Maria, you can talk to this, like, I think things have come quite a long way in the last decade or so in yeah. terms of research and what's available for treatment. Um, but I was put on like a Unisom and B6 regimen along with Zofran to help with the nausea. And then I was doing twice a week um, in-home IVs to help with the, the hydration. Um, so I did feel like, okay, I'm, I'm getting 
I'm getting more help at this point, mm-hmm. but thank God. Um, I can't imagine. I'd love to hear Maria, like when were you diagnosed? Like when did you get help? Well, so I, like you said, I had hyperemesis and um, so my son will be 11. So it, about 12 years, no, 11 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I, the mm-hmm. math isn't math and it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so it was my first pregnancy. And so I did not know that there could be something different at all. So I, I was unaware of that. Um, but I was immediately sick. I'm talking like five weeks, three days. I was starting to vomit. And I, I vomited 100 times a day, if not more, every single Unbelievable. day. Like it just yeah. never ever Stop. stopped like you know how we were talking about like the language and like trying to explain how sick we were like yeah. to me it's impossible yeah I'm always like so this is the analogy that I tell oh, people yes. all the yes. time please tell this this is amazing <laughs> I, I told Meg this <laughs> yeah. analogy yeah. Yeah. um yeah. before we recorded because I just wanted and to I re- tell it to everyone now because I'm like I, I didn't know how to quantify or like put into words and and this is it yeah so. it's so difficult so to me I'm like okay imagine that you had your worst hangover that you've ever had in your entire life. Okay. You remember that? Like you're so dehydrated. You, you know, you just feel horrible. Now you are on the sitting in the back of a bus Mm -hmm. and this bus is overheated and this bus is going up a mountain, like around the curves really sharply. And it's not looking good for you. And you feel like you're going to throw up. And Mm -hmm. that is how you feel every single moment of every day. And it never goes away, like that feeling. And that's exactly how I felt. And I, um, you know, I I didn't know. I was the only person in my uh, friend group that was pregnant. um, That was like where I was living in L.A. at the time. Um, It was just I, like you said, became a zombie Um, and. And I, I tried talking to my OB that, you know, I, I'm just so sick. And and I was crying in her yes. office and, and she yes. handed me a tissue and she said, well, I think you should go talk to someone. But the idea of of like, well, who do I talk to and where do I find it? And so daunting. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I completely relate to you and say in when you were saying that you were just like bedridden, ridden, I mean, Yes, could I get up and walk? Yes, it wasn't like I was immobilized, but there was this impending doom, for a lack of a better word, for every task that was ahead of me. I felt like I had weights on my chest and my back, and my whole world became insular. Like, like my focus was so small, I couldn't, you know, I could only see, like, you know, like my hand in front of my face. Like, I couldn't see you know, across the room, like that's how my focus was just, it, it, it was so debilitating. And, um, you know, it wasn't just me, Oh, I need to eat a cracker, Maria, and you'll feel better. <laughs> like I, yeah. that was not, um, that wasn't happening for me. Um, I, you know, I got so low, you know, like you said, you were saying, um, kind of like in your, you know, uh, 12 to 16 weeks is when you were really low. Sure. And, I remember I was at work and I had a coworker who had told me about her friend who had had a miscarriage and I was right around 13 weeks. And in my head, I thought, man, I wish that was me because this would be over. You know, I, I, know. I had yeah. no 
ability to see past that day whatsoever and that it would end and that I wouldn't always feel this way. Um, And like, I think, I think it took 25 weeks, maybe 30 weeks before my doctor finally, um, well, I did, I did take a trip to the ER. um, Okay. And not uncommon, right? Right. (laughs) And um, I think that's when she finally um, was like, oh, you don't you you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I feel nothing. I, <laughs> right at this point, I am just a shell yes. of who I used to be. That's exactly yeah. what I was. Uh, I um, you know, I as far as sort of like continuity of treatment for me, I think it's been hard to Maria because I the practice that I go to is so huge that Mm -hmm. I don't get to see my doctor often. I see different people pretty much every time. They're all amazing practitioners. However, they all have different viewpoints. They all have different opinions. And I just want someone to tell me the same message. Like one, one nurse will say, okay, if you, if you can't keep anything down for the next 24 hours, you need to go to the ER. The next nurse will say, oh, it looks like you gained two pounds in the last eight weeks. So you're right on track. (laughs) Um, It's just, it's, it's so uh, frustrating when you just feel so um, just kind of dismissed and unheard. Um, Well, and like, if you can't keep anything down in 24 hours, I mean, like I'd be at the hospital every day. I mean, that was- <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly it. Right. And it's just so like black and black and white, you know, like as far as the messaging, like, oh, you like, you're fine or no, you need to go to the ER. I just have felt that, um, contrast throughout my treatment and it's, um, you just want somebody to be able to, to give you an answer. Yeah. And it, I mean, not that there is one, but that's what you want. You want, um, someone I, to, you want someone to believe you like, You are experiencing a horrible situation right now. And unfortunately, we're we're not really sure why, because I don't think they really know. You know, it could be the gender of your child. It could be um, just like maybe your age or there's all sorts of different things that they think. But um, as far as I know, they really can't pinpoint why some no. people experience this. So yeah, like, just like you mentioned, the only resource my husband and I have come across that, um, has been, you know, like a godsend for us is it's called the her foundation. It's mm. H E R foundation. And they do a lot of, uh, research and, um, there recently was a study that, it's connected to some gene. So it, it oh, does really? seem like they're, yeah, like I, I'll have to share the article so that you can um, maybe put it in the show notes or, yes, but definitely. It, it's, um, it's, it seems like it's, it's coming along as far as some of the research, but like you said, I mean, I, I mean, I didn't experience this with any of my prior pregnancies. I will say this time we're having a girl. It's the first girl we're having. So I, do feel like it could have a connection with hormones, mm-hmm. with gender, but for your case, right? You, <laughs> you had it in both of your pregnancies and, and both boys. So, right. um, it's just, uh, it's a mystery and, um, it's a shame that it's still a mystery in 2023, uh, <laughs> you know, that there's yeah. not more help 
available. And well, you know, I really think that part of it is that, you know, and I I don't want to say that I, I, it's like a bit of a blanket statement, but I really think that oftentimes when women come to, you know, even if you have a woman who is your doctor and you come presenting symptoms with kind of brushed aside of like, you're not really being, you're being over dramatic. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's just morning sickness Mm -hmm. and you will get over this. Yeah. Right. And even with, Oh, yeah. go ahead. With, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, and it's it's hard to even communicate it with just um, your network of family and friends, mm-hmm. you know, because um, and they try to understand, but it's so hard to uh, just put it into words what you're experiencing. And and the common thing is morning sickness. Everyone knows what that is. Right. So they just kind of assimilate it to that. And the the degree is just extremely different. Oh, for sure. And not only that, I think um, for me anyway, and I feel like I um, and I don't know if it was because it was my first pregnancy. And so this just completely caught me off guard and no one had no one had ever mentioned it. Like this was even a possibility, right? Like, oh, I'd heard of morning sickness. Like, oh, you know, right. and people would say, you know, if you get it, you just like have a little toast in the morning or you do a little bit mm-hmm. of this. And, you know, like none of those things worked at all. Um, but mentally, like I was so my mental health was so bad and I was in such a bad mental space and aside from being ill, like that, it was like a separate thing. And I didn't know how to like, you know, like talk and I couldn't talk like every, it was just so hard. I, I didn't, I wasn't myself. I didn't feel, I didn't know how to, like, I was just a a shell walking through and doing motions that I absolutely had to do to stay alive. And, and that was it. You know, I remember, telling my family because I was coming home for Christmas, which qu- to be honest, I don't even yeah. know how I made it through that plane ride. Like same, it was same. horrible. <laughs> uh, but I but told, we force ourselves. Yeah, to, right. And exactly. That's, and that's not good. But yes, I, I told them, I said, I don't want to talk about a baby. I don't want to celebrate any. I, I said, you better not give me any gifts for this baby. Like, I don't want them because I, I was just yep. so resentful of the fact that this was happening to me. Um, And which is hard to talk about because everybody else is so excited for you, right? Like, and especially for you being at your first baby, I, I just, I can't even imagine that because I, I was able to, to have that pregnancy, right. mm -hmm. To have that experience of being joyful and having the shower and, to, to go through this, Maria, for your first pregnancy, I, I can't even imagine. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was terrible. It was absolutely awful. And it was my parents' first grandchild too. So right. they were, they want to be, they want you to be happy, healthy, glowing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just yeah. wanted to be excited. And I was like, if anyone's excited, uh, I mean, my friend had to take me to the baby store so that I could get an outfit for my son to come home in because I couldn't even think about that. Like it, it, like the wires in my brain did not cross in the right way where I, um, I would be excited about that or even think 
far enough in advance to be like, oh, you're going to need this. Like, didn't think about you're it. Just trying, you're literally trying to survive just another day, just get through yes. another day. Yes. You had mentioned the holidays. I, of course, wanted to give my children uh, the holidays spent with grandparents and cousins and do all the things um, and please my my family members right. who, God bless them, they ch- some just don't, they don't understand the diagnosis that I have, the, the severity of it. Um, so we tried to do all the things and I was, it, I think it really unfortunately affected the next like three weeks were terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, people, you know, people try and it's just, they don't know what to do because uh, so few people have that. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think it's like 3% of pregnancies are diagnosed with hyperemesis now. I think that's, that's the statistic, but the awareness and talking about it, which I'm so glad, like we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Um, it's just not there yet. Well, and I think this also comes back to, you know, somebody who has a chronic illness, because I had a friend who has a chronic illness and I told her while this was all happening for me, I said, I don't know how you live your life because, you know, in theory at the time, I was hopeful that this would end. You know, I I didn't really know. I was hoping that after I gave birth, I I would be done. Um, But, you know, I think that in general, people don't know how to respond to someone who has long suffering for, you know, like, They don't know how to respond to someone who is consistently ill or not feeling well or incapable of certain activities. We just are like, can't you bounce back? And the answer sometimes is no, I actually physically, mentally am unable to. And I think that's really hard for people to wrap their brains around. So, you know, human nature, you just want to be able to give a solution. You want to help. And when you can't do that, it's yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, I I know we talked about um you know some of the things that you were taking. So you had sure. you had some IVs, you were on some medication or you currently are. How are yeah. those are they helping you at all? Because I have my own experiences with yeah, some right. you yeah. know, tr- quote know. unquote treatment. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I think we're in the same boat. I um I have not had good experiences with any of the prescriptions I've been on. Um I've tried Zofran, which unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it, it helps with the nausea and the throwing up, but it has a, a whole other um, terrible side effect that unfortunately was so debilitating for me that I um, really, if ever, I very rarely take the Zofran mm-hmm. unless I know I need to be somewhere where I can't be vomiting. Um, I've also tried the Reglin and then B6 and Unisom regimen. Um, the Raglan gave me uh, extreme anxiety, um, mm. like I was going to crawl out of my skin. Um, so the side effects to me are, are um, just complicating <laughs> what I'm yeah. trying to, what the end result, what end result I want. So um, the IVs do help though. The IVs definitely after I have those, I feel much better for about 24 hours. Um so what was your your experience with the medication? Oh, goodness. So you're going to think that I am like really dumb. OK, so this is how <laughs> like truly this is how bad and mentally not well I was. So or, originally when I first was like presenting with, you know, I'm puking all the time and da, 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 the nurse was like, OK, 
You're going to do a regimen of the B12 and the Unisom, right? Half, mm. ha- take half a Unisom. Maybe it's B12. Or, I get it mixed up. Maybe whatever yeah. it was. The B, it's one of the B vitamins. B vitamins. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was a B vitamin. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Now, granted, which I just think is the silliest thing ever, pre- pre- prescribing pills to people who can't keep anything down right. is not, it's not wise. Be. Yeah. But <laughs> now, now you're going to laugh, but I did not know, nor did I think. I honestly, this is how like messed up I was in the brain. I would take those before I went to work in the morning. Okay. I would take the sleeping pill before I went to work. Oh, yeah. So I'd get in the car and I'd be driving to work and I always called somebody on my way to work. And I usually it was my mom or one of my friends. And I would say, I am so tired. I don't I just pregnancy, man. I am so exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Yeah, (laughs) I I know you're delusional. You really are. It's it's like it's the blur that you have once you have a newborn too, right? Like yeah. those first three months when you're completely sleep deprived, that's what it feels like, like fuzzy all the time. Fuzzy all fun. the time. Your brain is not firing correctly. Like, um, right. so I, one day I was at work and um, I started seeing spots and this wasn't uncommon because you're so dehydrated, you know, you don't. <laughs> and so I was starting to see spots and I thought to myself, um, hmm, man, I just, I don't think this isn't good. I thought, yeah. I don't think I can drive home. And now I lived in LA, so I would take like two major, like the biggest freeways in the country, the 405 and the 101 home. And I thought, man, I just don't think I can sit in traffic like this. Like I just don't. And so I just kind of like got up from my desk. I looked at my coworker and I said, I'm going to the ER. And I just left. Like, just, I didn't even think it was a big deal. I didn't. And, and so I driving I, yourself. Drove, so I drove myself to the ER. And I got in and I like explained my situation and I was sitting down and all of a sudden my coworker comes in and she's like, so she had followed me because she realized okay, that good. I was not, <laughs> not in a good head space. Yep. <laughs> and she Ugh. was like, Maria, you left your car with the door wide open and the keys like in the ignition in the front of the ER entrance. Like you had, I, I guess I just parked and I just walked in. Like I didn't even... <laughs> You were a woman on a mission. I, you knew you needed the help. I and needed the help. I was just, but <laughs> everything I, else could wait. Yeah. Yeah. At that oh. time, I did get, um, I got an IV, which was wonderful. Yeah. And I got okay. some Reglan. Okay. Um, and, sure. and then I did eventually get the Zofran, but I stopped taking okay. that right away after a week. It was yeah. so terrible, the side yeah. effects. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I didn't take the Reglan anymore because like you said, it, 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 I Did that al- do that to you? Yeah, no? it already the, the anxiety. Yeah, yeah, and I was already anxious, so this just like yeah, I know quadru- quadrupled it, and um, right. yeah, there was no yeah. way I was going to be able to function in my life. Um, yeah. taking that, it it sounds crazy, but the yeah. nausea and the throwing up was, I guess, a better side of the coin than uh, no. I totally, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, because you're just so desensitized to it after like five months straight of doing it right that it's just it is what it is you're Um, just like I guess I'm I guess this is my life now so um yeah so okay so (sighs) how are you slash how do you feel like you are making it through right right now what is what is helping you get through sure yeah I mean honestly it's day by day I feel like um there's really no consistency in my case, um, 
I, some days I call them, I've dubbed them fluffy days. (laughs) Those are the (laughs) days where it's like just a baseline, like feel like I have a baseline flu, right? Like I'm functioning. um, I'm not really vomiting, at least not violently or like all day long. I'm able to snack throughout the day and keep some things down. Um, I'm able to take like a little walk out in the neighborhood. Not mm-hmm. much. I used to <laughs> run through my pregnancies. That is not happening this time. Um, but there are still days intermittently where um, the worst days are probably vomiting up to 40 times. Like mm-hmm. if I had to put a number mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the days where what's getting me through is my village of neighbors of my family, my mom and my sisters. Um, my husband has been a warrior through this entire thing. Um, our employers have both been incredibly compassionate servant leaders. And I I honestly don't know how we would do it. Um, if we didn't have that, because Mm -hmm. there's so many cases of women, you know, being laid off or having a disability. And with the medical bills that are coming in from the IVs and the out-of-pocket expenses, I can only imagine (laughs) what havoc that would have. Um, So honestly, it's just, it's accepting help. And uh, that as, as women, it's hard to do. We want to give help, right? We want to give help and help others. It's very hard to come to terms with, but that's what's getting me through is accepting help at this point, you know, as little as some, one of my neighbors picking up my kids from school so that I can just stay home in my slippers and have the toilet two feet away. Uh, it makes a world of difference. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I, my husband definitely helped me make it through. Um, sure. My friends, my mom, um, you know, that was kind of like the only force that I could feel that, you know, people were caring, but at the same time, and I, you know, I want to say this to anyone who maybe knows someone who is experiencing this, like they may not, they, it may not seem like they appreciate it because I know I probably didn't seem like I was appreciative or like, you know, or cared that they were reaching out, but it really did make a difference. I just, at the time, couldn't I couldn't like say sometimes it. just responding to a text takes yeah. too much energy. Yeah. Like it's hard to even explain, but it's like you're overwhelmed just by a text. Right. Because <laughs> you're just seems, so sick. You're it seems yeah. so silly, but it's so true. Just every and like you said, like being able to just stay home near your toilet. I mean, there were multiple times. I mean, I used to drive to work with a trash bag so that I could throw up because I always threw up on the way to work. Then I throw it away when I got there. I always threw up at work. Um, And then I, you know, oftentimes, I mean, there were times when I would wake up in the middle of the night projectiling onto the wall. It's awful. You know, like it just. and Your body just like forgets how to digest. That's what I'm finding is even on my good days, I have such a hard time just keeping it down because yeah. my body has just become so accustomed to having it come back up. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Oh, it's yeah. So if anyone knows anyone experiencing this, just know that they are they're not appreciated. They're not not appreciative. They truly they are. It's just you just got to keep on showing up for them. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Even if you don't get a response or a thank you as as you would usually get from that person. It's just. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, So what advice would you give somebody going through this right now? Yeah. Um, so I think the best advice would be to find the right treatment team. Um, you know, being diagnosed early on, um, and just since I've had the same OB in the same practice for three of the four of my pregnancies, I just felt like at this point, I didn't want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but there are like specific doctors who are experts in the hyperemesis realm who are going to advocate for you, who are going to know the best treatment plan. Um, and I, that would be my recommendation is just, um, you know, and not even necessarily you being the advocate, like having a friend <laughs> become yes. your advocate, your uh, husband become your advocate and find you that treatment team. Um, because if there's anything you can do to lessen the symptoms, You'll you're going to want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, that would be my advice. And then also I felt like I had mentioned before the her foundation is the resource I found. They have support groups. They meet weekly over zoom, other women going through the same diagnosis, having that community that just gets it on a level that nobody else um, can if they haven't been through it. So, oh, I just wish that I had had something like that because I know, you know, I would, when I was at work, I used to just read on like a baby center or something. I would read all of the stories of people who were experiencing that. And even though it was like reading horrible, you know, situations, it kind of made me feel better knowing I wasn't alone. And Misery wants company. Yes, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Like, okay, I, there are other people and, you know, and, and I would track them. I'd be like, okay, how many weeks along are they? Okay, so they should probably be having the baby soon or you know what I mean? Like I would. Yeah, no, like, I know. Okay, are they okay How now? are they now? Did they survive? <laughs> they I do survive. the same thing. I yes. do the same thing. Yes. And, and-, and I'm always looking like, okay. Did anyone get relief at like 27 weeks? Was that the yeah. magic number? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah. Please. The magic yeah. week. That's I was living for yeah. that. I was like, okay, someone told me 20, so I just got to get to 20. Uh, 20 came and went. I was like, oh, someone told me 24. Okay, I just got to get to 24. And then. Oh, and yours, yours lasted the entire 40, time. 40 but, yeah, weeks. That's what um, I yeah. yeah, and that, when, as soon as I pushed him out, things were better, but. Um, that's, that's what I'm banking on. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, if, if nothing else by, you know, it'll come to an uh, end. It will, it will. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I, yeah, yeah, I would tell people the same thing is like appoint someone to be your advocate and, and be like, you've got to help me. Like, you know, if the doctor says, talk to someone, navigate it, you got to be the one that's like, here's the list of people I've made you an appointment or like, I'm making you an appointment and we're doing X, Y, Z. And I'd be like, okay, cause mm-hmm. I can't, you know, my, my mom, the second time around, she actually, my little tiny, uh, town that I'm from Carol, Iowa, yeah. um, Aww. she, she talked to the compounding pharmacist there and he had created this gel that you put on your wrists 
And it was for um, cancer uh, p- patients who were going through yeah. chemo who get nauseous. Yep. yep. And um, they would put it on their wrists and it would kind of take the edge off. And she got him. And I and the thing is, I had oh, to tell gosh. my OB, like I had to tell her about this because she had no right. idea. And then I was able to find a compounding pharmacy in California that would and he sent over the formula. It was this whole thing. But my mom was the one that, you know, who did it right. Yeah, who got it all together and got it all. And, and the funny and like not funny, the uh, crazy, annoying thing is I had right. to beg my OB to listen to me about this gel, like beg her. And she finally Ugh. said yes. But it was. Does this gel still exist? Yeah, it's still- <laughs> I'm like, does this still exist, Maria? Because no, but I know I. Yes, thank God for moms, right? Yes. Um, the people who are they're gonna they're gonna try their hardest to find a solution, even if no solution exists. Absolutely, yes. It's called fenugreek gel, and um, if you need the, it did it didn't like um, you know, cure anything, but it did oh, take like that edge off if yeah. you know what i mean that yep. edge that you have I yeah do. um do. and thank thankfully it was a gel so it just you could put yeah. it on your wrists it wasn't anything you had to ingest which was yeah much wonderful preferable yeah. <laughs> something i found there's um like it's called good night lotion but it's with magnesium oh okay and um i used to before hyperemesis i i just used it on my kiddos it kind of like is supposed to promote restful sleep yeah um but I use it on my legs and that at night. And um, mm. it, like you said, it just kind of like gives you this sensation of ease, even just for 10 minutes. Yeah. But um, so I keep trying anything, anything. Anything. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was yeah. I was the same. Um, so how, you know, I know this is kind of a uh, broad uh, question. And also, you know, you, you're not quite through it yet. But so far, how has this experience shaped you as a person? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think as with any struggle, you're going to grow as a person to be able to better relate to to other people, to be more compassionate, to be more empathetic. um, And perhaps in the future, walk along somebody going through this diagnosis and be able to understand and listen Mm -hmm. in a way that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Um, So as awful of an experience as this has been, I mean, mentally, like you said, it's, it's really hard not to be depressed when Mm -hmm. every day you feel like a train wreck. (laughs) Um, But through it, I think I am I'm building character. I'm, I don't think I will ever take my health for granted again. Um, you know, it's just like anything else. When you go through these tough seasons, you also learn that you are loved. You learn that people show up and you get to see that. And, and that in itself, um, it just, you know, that brings me joy just to know that I've built a life that um, is surrounded by the right people. So there's always a learning experience through struggle, even though none of us want to struggle, right? Oh, yeah. I think none of us want to struggle. And then also, it's really hard to, um, like you were saying before, you know, like accept the help and accept that other people love us enough to to do those things. We're worthy. Yeah, Yeah, that we're worthy. And 
yeah, I think for me, it, like you said, for sure, it made me compassionate towards others that, you know, maybe had mental health situations or crises yeah, right. or, um, you know, who are maybe chronically ill or just, you know, even anyone who's just like struggling in life mm-hmm. where, you know, you could say like, oh, can't they get it together? And it's like, no, sometimes I honestly can't get it together. Right. Um, just giving people a little more grace. Yes. Yes. You know, that just, def- just learning like the showing up, you know, yeah. just showing up. And, and I think it just teaches you to, to do the same, pay it forward. You just show up for people when they need you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I feel the exact same way. Um, and I will say also too, that, you know, for anyone listening, you know, this will end. If you're experiencing this, I, I am living proof that the yes. minute I gave birth, um, my husband said the light came back in my eyes. I was a person again. I was not yeah. sick at all. Like literally, I threw up while I was pushing both so of crazy. my children out of me. Uh, <laughs> all, <Lord>. the whole <laughs> time. <laughs> yes. Sorry, doctors. They're probably used to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The nurses were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this is great. It's good. It's like just um, let it out. It's contracting fine. your yeah. like stomach mm-hmm. muscles will help get them out faster. And I was like, oh, God gosh. bless them. <laughs> wonderful (laughs) yes yes but it will oh but that is so great to hear like that you are a true testament that like this this will go away this will come to an end it will come to an end and um you will feel 100% better in a matter of seconds so I I promise you human body yeah I know it's it's amazing our bodies are amazing moms are amazing we just we just really are So true. Warriors. Well, Meg, I just want to say thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing your story, because I am sure there is someone listening right now who is like me, who is like, please tell me I'm not alone. Please tell me that there are someone else struggling with the exact same thing I am. And um, so I know that even if it's just for one person, your story is going to make an impact. And so I am just so thankful that you um, shared your heart today with us. Thank you. And I'm so glad our paths crossed. Um, me too. Because you give me hope. So thank oh. you so much. It, it's an honor to talk and um, hear your story too. So I appreciate it. Of course. Well, I'm more than happy to share because believe me, I, I want everyone to know that they're going to be okay with you know, experiencing this. So thank you so much. And I can't wait. I can't wait to not (laughs) only uh, cheer you on, but also I cannot wait for that date, that birth date. And for you to be like, Maria, send me all the burgers and fries and all the things. That's it. We've got the official (laughs) countdown, like literally on my wall. I'm like, okay, how many weeks left? Yes. Until I can enjoy like, just sitting down and having a meal and feeling like a normal human being. I can't wait for that for you. So, well, thank you so much. And we will be chatting soon. Thanks, Maria. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles, The Stories, please visit momcollective.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guests, and our hosts. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, we would absolutely love it if you could take a moment and share it with your friends and give us a review. We love hearing from you.